Good evening, good people, and welcome back to The Table on Air, your primary source for learning about what's new, what's happening, and what's what in black LGBTQ culture. I'm your host, Darius Caffey, and I thank you for showing up to this space. We're about to get real, real, a little deep, and maybe a little teary, but we're gonna have some fun, so stick around for the ride. Joining me for this week's main event is the first openly gay senator in the state of Illinois, but first, let's dive into the latest and greatest in this week's Black Report. All right, so I've been reading this book as I usually am called Rest is Resistance by Trisha Hersey, a black woman from Chicago, period. And something she wrote and it stuck with me. She said that rest uplifts and boosts our spirit, allowing us to know that we are enough and that the care of our souls deserves a role in our healing plan. The care of our souls deserve a role in our healing plan. Oof, that last part got me. Now understand why this hit home for me. As I've been leaning into this new season of my life, I've had to realize what things I needed to start changing for the better, or better yet, what things life was forcing me to change. When they say, if you don't pick a day to rest, your body will pick it for you, they really meant it because that was what began to happen to me. I'm a natural busybody who loves to be involved in different things, connect with people and celebrate stuff, but I can't do that all the time, especially as an introvert extrovert, if you know, you know, and I had to realize it. I had reached a point where I felt like a hamster running on a wheel, burning myself out, trying to juggle all the things, family and friends, jobs, hobbies, self-care, and all the others in between that I was missing when I decided that my body had had enough. I needed to rest, family. I needed a break from doing all of the things to better focus on my spirit and realize that even when I'm not doing everything, I'm still enough. I can take a break and I do deserve it. I'm not saying it's easy to do because the Lord knows I'm still trying, but that's what I've been prioritizing in my life. Balance and rest, and learning when to be still. Which is a hard lesson to catch, but stories like those of farmers Donna Deer and Paulette Green continue to show me just how important it can be. In the upcoming short film documentary, The Unseas from the North Star to the Poplar, which was co-directed by their nieces, Janine and Charlene, they show us how finding a place to rest helped them protect the history of their ancestors. The queer couple recounts the history of how they've been able to preserve Mount Pleasant Acres Farms, the land they own, which was once used as a parasite for runaway slaves on the Underground Railroad. Shout out my girl Harriet. Stories like this show us how important it is sometimes to take that moment, just explore the life in it, using where we are now to dream and plan for what we want to be. In those moments of rest, it's easier for us to connect with not just ourselves, but with the people around us too. They're part of this healing journey with us, and it's time to start showing them that they too are enough and deserve to be protected. That's the wrap on our Black Report with the QUE. And until next week, keep finding ways to celebrate yourself. Joining me for this week's main event segment, we have the first openly gay senator to serve in the Illinois Senate, the first black man to politically represent the 7th District of Chicago, CEO of Blue Sky Strategies, former Deputy Commissioner for the Chicago Mayor's Office, former Deputy Director for the Obama Foundation, and much, much more. Senator Mike Simmons, welcome Hello. to the table. Thank you for having me back. No problem, I'm glad that we were able to get you here to be able to touch more on your story from when you first graced us with your presence here on CAN TV, and to learn more about the things that you're continuing to do, the things that you're passionate about, and the ways that we can continue to build this community and support everything that you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm really glad that we get to share space here today. 
again, to be able to learn more about all the ways that you're, you know, continuing to lean into Chicago and the community and really just learn more about our people. So hopefully what we have planned will give the people a little bit more insight into that and hopefully continue to build those connections that we're constantly, you know, sharing out with folks and continuously cultivating in all spaces around us. I love it. Let's, so, let's go. <laughs> I'm going to jump right into it because I know the people are ready, as always. Always. So since the last time that you've been here on this stage with Can TV, how has life changed for you? What are some of the pivotal moments in your life that has came up, you know, mm -hmm. since that last conversation? Well, first of all, Darius, thank you for having me on this show. Okay. Um, I am so happy to see us creating intentional spaces for black LGBTQ plus people. It is about time. Yes, it is. Um, you know, our community has always been there and we have always been creative and always have been at the forefront of the struggle. So I love seeing, seeing this space, I really do. Um, last time I was here was in, I believe, November of 2022. Um, I was just still in my first term, kind of coming up on the end of my first term. Okay. And You're in a whole new stage now. Right, yeah. I got reelected and <laughs> yeah. went into my second term. Um, I took office January 2023. And I have to say that what's changed for me is there's something about this session that I just completed mm -hmm. um, where I felt like I really stretched myself and really pushed myself uh, towards excellence. And it's not that I wasn't doing that before, but there was more of a, um, you know, less, uh, less complaining, more thinking about my mom who I lost three years ago and kind of what she would want uh, to see me doing it as, the, as a state senator for the district that we grew up in, right. um, where she struggled to raise two children by herself and ran a salon and never complained, mm -hmm. um, where my dad um, migrated from Ethiopia 30 something years ago. Um, and, you know, this experiences that I had as an LGBTQ youth that was bullied in school as a 12 year old. And I hit the ground running in January and somehow <laughs> passed 23 bills, which is a record. Yeah. Um, and they exciting. were hard. Yeah, it was so exciting. Um, legislation that outlaws book banning in Illinois mm -hmm. with specific protections for black and LGBTQ people. Yeah. Um, we wrote that into the legislation, which, you know, people told us we shouldn't do. It and was it powerful. Was, yeah. And um, that a year ago, I think the city was there, but I feel like I have really developed in the last year. Yeah. And that's a lot of growth to happen from November. We're not even a year from that. You know, we are a few months shy of it. And you, like you said, 23 bills like that for those that understand the political process or even kind of what that experience looked like, you know how hard it is. You know oh, yeah. how difficult it is to not just have that implemented, but just have those conversations. So I thank you for bringing this up and for continuously, you know, championing our people to make sure that we're not only supported physically in person, but that we're also supported politically as well, you know, throughout regulations and laws to protect us yeah, as people. Because right. that's something that a lot of people don't understand is how a lot of these bills continue to protect our well-being as people. So I'm glad that we're able to have this conversation today and learn more about that because I think it's, empower it's impactful and powerful. Absolutely. You know, for people to see that, hear these conversations and understand why, you know, it's, it's important for us. So can you elaborate on that oh, yeah. a little bit more on yes. your intention behind, you know, implementing these bills mm -hmm. and what that means for our future now? Yeah. So the book banning legislation, you know, is the first time in our country where someone has introduced legislation that, first of all, outlaws book banning, mm -hmm. that has specific protections for black people, LGBTQ people, uh, books about sexual health. Mm -hmm books about um, reproductive rights, 
books about people of certain is, uh, religious faiths, Islamic and Judaic faith. All of these are the people that have been targeted in book bans in surrounding states. Right. And so what I did is got ahead of that and said, okay, in Illinois, we have to write these protections in the law. We can't have a colorblind approach to this debate um, because that we know that that has always spelled disaster for all of those above communities. Yep. And so um, I knew that was gonna be a hard bill. I, I, I got it out on February 9th, passed it out of the Senate in April. Um, and it was a fight, you know, people really pushed back on that. They thought that those protections would um, turn off some of the more conservative members of the body. And I said, well, this is, this is history repeating itself, yeah. right? I can't throw my community under the bus. I can't, I can't throw myself and my own family under the bus. Yeah, wouldn't feel right about it. And then wouldn't, wouldn't be able to, to, to look myself in the mirror in the morning. Um, and so, you know, all of this is happening in the same year. You asked what changed since the last time I was here. The other thing that has changed that shapes this work is affirmative action has been gutted by mm -hmm. the Supreme Court. Yes, it has. Uh, a lot has been, a lot of craziness has been happening. A lot of crazy stuff, right? A decision that came a day before, a day after that, which makes it possible for other states to deny, businesses in other states to mm -hmm. deny serving uh, me and my partner because we're LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. that, that's like 1950s era yeah. discrimination. We're going back. We're going, we're going backwards, backwards. Like, like warp speed. Yeah. And so, um, you know, when I took office two years ago, two and a half years ago, I didn't see this coming. Right. I mean, and people were still thinking, oh, LGBTQ rights. We have we have same sex marriage now. Everything's fine. And we knew people, people in, in queer communities of color knew that was never the case because mm -hmm. we have so much other stuff that we struggle with. Yeah. And then when all this happened, I mean, it just uh, what better position uh, for me to be in than to be an Illinois state senator right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So why this path of public policy? Why two years ago did you embark on the journey that you're on now? And even before then, when you chose to study this, you know, what was that in you that enacted that thought of, I feel that I need to do this, that this is my calling? Yep. You know, I grew up, I grew up on the far north side of Chicago. And by the way, for your viewers, the district that I represent as a state senator covers the Chicago neighborhoods, all or, or part of Wrigleyville, Uptown, Edgewater, Rogers Park, West Ridge, Lincoln Square, North Center. Um, Andersonville and Ravenswood. So it's a lot of territory. It's a lot of, it's a lot of areas, very diverse. Yes, if you is. live in those areas, yep. I'm more than likely your state senator. And we've never had, first of all, we've never had LGBTQ representation in the state senate before from mm -hmm. any district, from you know the border with Wisconsin to the state borders with Kentucky. Yeah. That's never happened. So honored to be the first, hope I won't be the last. Yeah, thank you for your bravery. Oh yeah. It, it takes a lot to get up there on that stage <laughs> and do that. It does, it does. Um, you know, and so that that's important. Um, but I would say that representation for me is is so powerful and important. Mm -hmm. And you need people in these positions who are not reading theory and data about what's going on with all these communities that I'm representing. We need people that actually understand those experiences from a lived experience yes. because they've been through it. They know what it's like to not be able to donate blood because they were gay as recently as 2007. Mm -hmm. They know what it's like to uh, walk into a nightclub and fear that you might be shot because you're a gay person. They know what it's like to uh, be a senior citizen and be a you know immigrant or refugee queer person from South America and be trying to reunite with their partner. Right? These are these are all battles that I want people fighting for for public policy who understand exactly what that feels like. Yeah. Because you have to understand how painful it is to be able to fight tooth and nail the way I have to fight on book banning legislation to be able to actually do it and stay sane. Mm -hmm. If you if you don't if you don't understand this stuff, I don't I think you would just kind of settle or compromise um, at some point. And we've unfortunately seen that for decades. Mm -hmm. We've seen mediocre leadership. 
we've seen people that that get to a point and then sell us up the river and i can't leave that with the next generation yeah i agree somebody has to be the one to do it and i totally understand that's a part of the reason why i went and got my master's in public affairs to be able to have some kind of influence or insight into that change you mentioned it earlier i think that the biggest thing about you know that kind of process is people don't understand it they don't know the impact of what these bills can do for our future not just for this current moment so mm -hmm. i'm glad that there is someone you know advocating for us for our rights and for our voice in these spaces that we're not in to be able to continue to let people know who we are and right. the things that we're able to do because we're doing a lot of great things yep it's time for people to know that and to respect it and i think that that comes with them understanding that from a larger scale as well right and our, our humanity yeah respecting our humanity yeah which is such a basic ask it's not it's not that much to ask for it's not to just respect me and my community's basic humanity that's mm -hmm. all i want yeah yeah i agree so i'm gonna switch a little bit mm -hmm. i'm gonna still kind of feed into what our needs are which leads me to asking why the entrepreneurship journey mm. blue sky strategies you are the founder ceo yeah. of your organization which is a consultant policy firm right why did you feel the need to open this in addition to the things that you were already doing for a lot of the similar reasons that propelled me to run for office so i started my company blue sky strategies in 2017 um, largely based off the feeling that I could no longer work inside of four walls mm. for mediocre leadership. Yep. Um, I just couldn't. I could not. Life is too short. Um, and I felt like I had the competence, the expertise. Both of my parents were small business owners, right? My mother opened and ran a salon for yeah. 25 years in Rogers Park, which was very successful. The influence. While raising kids, my dad uh, came over as an asylum seeker from Ethiopia and started the Wild Hair in Lakeview, which is, you know, nationally renowned reggae club that, you know, set the culture in Chicago yeah, for- Yeah, you came from greatness. You know, those are my parents, A lot right? of big shoes to step in. <laughs> right. I'm Gavalta, host of the podcast, Three Questions With, the public affairs program, elevating the voices and visibility of matters most important to the Hispanic Latino community by speaking with community and industry thought leaders on the social determinants of health and democracy. Join us Wednesdays at 7.30 in the evening via Channel 19, streaming on CanTV.org and the CanTV Plus app. And, uh, and, you know, I don't come from fancy people. Their yeah. parents were not, you know, we're not from some long line of corporate people. There are no political people in my family. Mm -hmm. And so that was inspiring to me. And I started my company um, so that I could shape a business product that would be useful for clients and others out there that are interested in equitable urban planning are interested in how you actually go about shaping anti-racist public policy mm -hmm. um, and how you create these initiatives in a way that are fair um, and actually uh, justice uh, produce justice for communities so um, that was that was just such a fun run and I stopped I stopped running my company when I became state senator okay. so um, I'm a full-time legislator now but for three plus years I uh, ran my company and it was a, a pivotal point in my life how pivotal? I think, it, I think it really accentuated the part of me that is fiercely independent, mm -hmm. just like both of my parents, mm -hmm. especially my mom. My mom would told you if she was still here, she'd say she can't work for anybody. Yeah. She was not, she was not gonna clock in and, and report to somebody that you know, wasn't worth her time. She um, transferred that energy onto you. She really did. <laughs> and what was crazy, what was, what was amazing about my mother, her name was Ramona, is that she really, the gift that she gave me and my sister, she didn't prescribe what we would do with our lives. Mm. She was just as fine with us being, you know, state senator 
as if I were to pivot and become a photographer. Yep. She would be just as fine with me serving tables as she would be with me owning a restaurant if I was happy and felt like there was agency in my work mm -hmm. and that people around me respected what I was doing. That's mm -hmm. all she wanted for her children. And that, that's, again, just this basic like respecting humanity yep. and self-respect that even you talked about earlier, it really resonates with me. Yeah. And people don't get that. I mean, even from their families, they don't get that kind of love or support to just support and champion, you know, who they are, what they want to do, regardless of what the statistics are, regardless of what expectations are. They just holistically support that being. Right. So I'm glad that you were able to receive that and that they poured that into you so that you can continue to pour that out into the rest of the community. So I'm going to ask, what has the journey of becoming Mike Simmons been like for you? up until this point, because you have some great role models, you know, to be able to pour into you. You've been able to do a lot of great things in the community. But personally, what does that feel like? Yeah. You know, it's an ongoing journey. Um, I feel like we're never quite finished. Mm, never. And um, always learning. We're always, always learning. Growing. You know, I, I, I sat down yesterday and, and spent two two hours on this on Sunday reflecting on the last few weeks of my life where um, you know, I was sick with COVID in August that, you know, talked about rest will make you rest. It put me, it put me <laughs> yes, down. It will. And, you know, I feel like I really, um, once I recovered the, the gratitude I felt for just feeling healthy mm -hmm. and, and being able to get up and move about and not feel sick was, was profound. And it's really, I think kind of hit reset on just like my wellness, yeah. like my outlook, um, my ability to take a break during the day. And um, that's part of my ongoing journey in terms of my independence, in terms of my love of justice, yeah. my love of black people, my love of queer communities, my love of, of all humanity um, and fighting for them in this in this role. And I'm you know, really honored to, to occupy and like so few people will get a chance to, to hold. Yeah, they really do. And even to be able to accomplish the things that you've accomplished or even not even, you know, going to accomplishments, but just being able to experience things. I think having the access to experience so many different opportunities cultivates, you know, who we become as yeah. people. So all these different shared experiences, the ins and outs of the things that we do, whether that's job, yeah. family relationships, it all bleeds into, you know, who we become as people. So yeah. you mentioned this a little bit ago about, you know, owning our identity of being black and being queer and showing up in these spaces. So I want to ask, what does that mean for you? How has black queerness continued to show up in yeah. your life and in the things that you continue to do? Um, such a good question. I think for me, um, part of it is just an ongoing journey, right? I think we all are constantly getting to know ourselves throughout our lives based on who's around us and the challenges and struggles that come our way. Mm -hmm. That's how we really kind of mm -hmm. find out who we are. Yeah. Um, what you can take as a person. What you, yeah, and how you, and what you see yourself doing in response, right? You know, when I, when I got those bills passed this session, I almost didn't recognize my own work. And part of it is because it wasn't just about me, it was yeah. just being blessed with a great staff. It was having a really supportive partner who puts up with so much <laughs> to have a, you know, Hey, <laughs> give it up for the great partners. The great partners are, it's impossible to do this work if you don't have a village around you. Yeah. And that allows me to navigate this work. Um, having my mother, even though she's physically absent, is very much still here in yeah. everything I do. Every day when the day ends, I know my mother was with me throughout all the challenges I navigated. I can still even hear her coaching me through mm. certain things throughout the day. Um, and my mother was like such a like loving, soft-spoken, gives people the benefit of the doubt, um, not into politics, but has such a keen sense of what was right and wrong, um, really helps me to learn more about who I am and who I was sent in this world to be, 
by following that example. And we see this with so many black queer people. We saw this, we see this with somebody, James Baldwin, right, who had to leave the country to kind of fully emanate what he yeah. was brought into this world to do. Um, we see this with uh, just a whole host of black creatives um, across all the different arts um, who, who have just uh, frankly left, you know, made America what it is and at just about every sphere. And we're gonna keep doing it. We're gonna keep making history. I gotta also, real quick before we uh, wrap up, uh, for any of your viewers that uh, want to check out my uh, website, I'm at MikeSimmons.org. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm on social media, uh, at Senator Mike Simmons on Instagram, uh, Senator Mike Simmons on Facebook, and Mike Simmons Sci on, on Twitter. Thank you. Y'all know where to find them. And we're not done. We're taking okay. a quick break. We're going to switch to a game in a minute, Okay. which is called Open Space. But for now, the people will be ready. And now for Open Space an opportunity for us to let go, be free, and just live. Stick around for the vibes. So Senator, thank you for joining us again for our special game called Let's Get Cozy. I'm gonna ask you a series of questions, but just feel free to ask them to the best of your ability. Okay. They're really, again, just to kind of get to know you a little bit more, help our people understand who you are, and for them to lean a little bit more into your life. Okay, cool. So the first question is, what's something in your closet that makes you feel the most cozy? Ooh, um, so I have a blanket that um, my cousin gave me from Ethiopia. Mm -hmm. When I first met her, we were both in our late 20s and she does not speak English. And she made a blanket for me that has Ethiopian text on it. Wow. And even though we couldn't talk, that touched me so much. And whenever I'm really stressed out, I kind of lay with it. Mm, is it like comfort? It is, Do yeah. you feel that when you put it yep. on? Feels wow. like I'm back back in Ethiopia again. Oh, wow. That's a beautiful feeling. Yeah. And a beautiful gift. It was such a beautiful gift. Shout out to the cousins that we didn't even know that we had. And right. Blessing us with these things. Yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love that. What's something in your closet that makes you feel confident? Oh, uh, I got a pair of red sneakers that <laughs> I bought five years ago, and I thought I wasn't going to like them. And my partner was like, those look really good on you. Okay. And so I've only, I wear them like on very special occasions. Like we had a, a sneaker day in the Illinois Senate last year. And I, when I walked out on the floor with my, my sneakers that I had only wore three times, like I felt, I felt very special. Did everybody give you compliments? Oh yeah. Good. As I thought like, you just get those shoes. Yeah. I've been having shoes. <laughs> That's why you gotta keep them fresh in the box so exactly. people are always surprised. Right. Like, I didn't know you had that. Yeah, they five years old. Now the secret's out there. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell nobody else. <laughs> right, I know. <laughs> All right, where do you feel the most comfortable? Uh, I think I feel the most comfortable on my uh, bike. Hmm. I bike a lot, and when I'm on my bike, I just feel free. Really? Yep, I feel free, um, and I feel like I'm giving my body what it needs, mm -hmm. which is a good workout. Do you enjoy physical activity? I'm not a big biker. I do, I like, I, I'm really kinetic. Okay. I like to sit still. Yeah. Um, it's one of the reasons why I started my own company too, is I was like, I can't just sit at the desk mm -hmm. all day long. Yep. It's like literally not how my brain is wired. So, um, when I'm on my bike, I just, I can move. I walk a lot too. Gotcha. Um, miles every day. <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah, well, I guess somebody gotta get the word out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Where do you feel the most confident? Um, Is it on your bike? You know, I feel really confident in, in politics. I feel really confident in the Illinois Senate. Um, I have a sense of being the first openly gay person elected to Illinois Senate, and only the third openly gay black person elected to a state Senate in the country. 
all of America. Speak it. Um, we need walk, to see this representation. Right. It's, it's 2023 and, it's, you know, we still I'm number first. three. Yeah. <laughs> and we've had maybe two or three since then. Um, I think for me, when I walk onto the floor of the Senate and when I'm doing my official role, I feel very confident because I know I'm supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know I was supposed to be there a long time ago. Yeah. I know that our ancestors, my ancestors, your ancestors paid a deep price long ago mm-hmm. so that I could uh, occupy this kind of role. It was waiting on you. Right. It's waiting on me. It's waiting on our generation. Yeah. And so it's, no one can take it away from me. Yeah. That, that feeling. And they can't. Nope. No matter how hard they try. Mm-mm. You deserve to be there. Yeah. That was a word there. You deserve to be there. I think I said that for myself, too. So mm-hmm. thank you for letting me say that. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's a communal statement. It is. Yeah. It is. You deserve to be there. Right. You Whatever it is. We deserve to be in these spaces. We do. Here at the table. Right. Who makes you feel the most cozy or comfortable? Oh, my dog, Sasha. <laughs> yeah. How old she, or how she's, long? She's, uh, she's eight. She's okay. a little uh, Belgian, Malinois uh, mix. Um, and she was actually my mom's dog. Mm-hmm. And when my mom passed away, I, I took Sasha. She already knew who I was. Yeah. And she's just funny. The dog? Yeah, she's funny. <laughs> like, she has a way of looking at me sometimes that's so communicative. Yeah. Um, like, today I was on the phone and she was looking at me and then she, like, looks at the cabinet as if to say, get my toy out of the cabinet. And those moments just crack me up. <laughs> Dogs have subliminal ways of telling you exactly what they need right. without saying anything. Yep. Yep. And only dogs. Right. Not cats, not birds or gerbils. Only dogs. Right. They, they, I think they think they're one of us. I think <laughs> they do. The way they be sitting at these tables. And yeah, dogs are interesting species. Yep. yep. <laughs> Who makes you feel the most confident? Uh, my, my circle of friends, um, you know, that village, my partner, uh, beyond anybody, um, helps me to feel confident when my confidence is shaky, mm-hmm. uh, reminds me of, of what I stand for, reminds me of where I come from. Um, and he's been doing that for me even before I was a, when I, before I was a state senator. Um, so him definitely, and then, you know, my extended village of, of friends and acquaintances. Yeah, that's beautiful mm-hmm. that you have that and that those are the people that, one, you continue to surround yourself around, but that they continue to surround you with love. So I'm really glad that you have that, that it's pouring into you and that you are able to pour into us, mm-hmm. into this space, into hopefully the rest of Chicago. I know you're doing your things in the streets with the people, pouring that love out and sharing out different resources for them. So thank you yep. again, Senator Simmons, yeah. for doing that for us and being that light that we need to see in this community because it really is inspirational. Absolutely. Thank you for, for uh, just naming that for me. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Somebody got to name it. Somebody got to tell you that you're doing the right thing. Thank you. I appreciate so, it. Keep doing it. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. That's the end of our night together, Chicago. But you know we'll be back with more community building soon. We hope that what we share tonight resonates with you in a way to better inform the things you're experiencing now and the things that you'll grow through. Remember, you're doing the best you can with who you are at this moment. If you want to stay up to date on all the things we're doing, go follow us on Instagram at CanTVChicago and Closet Unlocked. We'll be back next week with more Black queer folks being represented at the table. But until then, thanks for watching. <laughs>